So before we get started, I have to shout out one of the sponsors of this podcast, and that's Disney+. Plus. Now, by now, most of you guys should know what Disney Plus is. It's the home of brands like Marvel, Pixar, Disney, National Geographic, and many, many other brands. And you should be catching up on shows of theirs. I love Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Mandalorian, WandaVision. These are all great shows brought to you by Disney Plus. And if you're not checking them out, you should definitely go and check them out and tell them hey sent you. Peace. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. We have Malcolm, uh, owner of ETC, uh, formerly of Flypaper Magazine. Uh, he helps put together the Orange Soda Parties, which are huge deals if you're in the city of Columbus. Also, Native Tongues he helps with as well. Just, um, we call him the Mayor of Columbus <laughs> uh, for a lot of different reasons. He's just really at the head of a lot of the creative culture here in Columbus um and contributes a lot and so you know I'm, this is an interview that i have been waiting and dying to get a hold of for so long um and i'm just really happy that he's here and excuse me i'm sorry i'm your host hayes this is the awaken soul podcast off the top if you want to follow the podcast make sure you're doing so at awaken soul pod if you want to follow me you can do so at ceo hayes the ceo h-a-i-z-e but if you guys can't tell i'm super excited for the interview that we have this week, we get into a conversation about entrepreneurship. Why is it why it isn't for everyone? We also talk about fatherhood and then we talk about how amazing black women are. So this is a jam packed episode. Um, and you know, it's, it's not often uh, that, you know, I like having interviews that the conversation just kind of let it goes wherever it goes. And that this was one of them. And I really do feel like this is a special special episode of the awakened soul podcast so we're gonna get into it but before we do that you know we have to jump into my dark and twisted crazy ass mind so our intro music is about to start right after that we'll be in my mind i'll see you guys there the following is a breaks media podcast you are now listening to the best podcast in the world the awakened soul hosted by my daddy All right, one topic for the In the Mind of Hayes segment this week, and I know, especially knowing my audience, the Dave Chappelle's new stand-up special on Netflix uh, released, and it is amazing, 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 amazing. And at one point, you know, I may see if I can uh, find somebody else to have the conversation with and, and break that down uh, kind of in its own episode, because Dave Chappelle is a fucking comedic legend. And, you know, the people who say, like, Dave Chappelle isn't funny, I don't understand that at all. I don't know how you get to that conclusion, but I know everything is subjective. Comedy is subjective. So, hey, but everybody doesn't have taste. But one of the things that um, came out or that happened in this stand up special is he did talk about the trans community. Now, I'm not getting into that because that is I actually have an episode that touches on on. Uh, we'll get into it. it it's, it's the next episode up. Um, but you know, I, I'm very supportive of the trans community. Um, and I try to do what I can as a cisgendered male, uh, to show my support and be genuine within that. Um, but you know, he had his comments and of course the attempt at cancel culture. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about cancel culture. And the more important thing and why I want to talk a cancel culture is not 
at all effective. It never really has been. Very few times has anybody ever been canceled and stayed the fuck away. And this is the thing. You can't cancel somebody who legitimately doesn't give a fuck about being canceled. You can't do it. Um, And that's one of the things that, you know, it, it, that's why cancel culture isn't effective. I think more importantly than cancel culture itself, we should have conversations on educating, right? Is rather than jump to the conclusion of trying to cancel somebody for an opinion that that isn't publicly acceptable or uh, isn't PC, people don't like it, whatever else, rather than trying to jump to canceling a person, because like I said, you can't cancel somebody who doesn't give a fuck. Let's focus on putting education and information out there that combats maybe what somebody says that is off topic. Again, people have the right to their opinions, right? But when those opinions are, are hurtful to another community, that's when I think, you know, I, and I understand why people responded the way that they did to it um and everything like that um because you know it 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 it, for many people that that part of that stand-up is going to be hurtful to them um but again that's not what i'm focusing on here i'm focusing about cancel culture and this is why i'm tired of fucking cancel culture um and this is i'm even tired of fucking of cancel culture when it comes to things that i don't like people do myself because it's like you can't cancel somebody right i don't know what how we got to this point where we think that you can cancel a person you really can't there's too many platforms free platforms for people to have and too many people whether the opinion is one that's publicly accepted whether it's a dumbass opinion whatever whatever it is there are too many people who once because they have access we have access to each other at such a high level they're going to find people that share that opinion and then continue to do it you can't cancel somebody who doesn't give a fuck and this is why when i say things like for me for example right i I could never be fucking canceled because i don't give a damn but i also own my shit meaning that even if i do something that or say something that offends people i'm more so than willing to 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 have that conversation and educate myself and even admit okay this is where i fell a little short i wasn't understanding this but you can't fucking cancel me you can't you can't do it it can't happen and th- and this is the thing, like as somebody who has been in their share form of controversy in, in certain ways, I never shied away from it. I never stopped. I never backed down. I never um, went away because of everything. You can't cancel somebody who doesn't give a fuck. I repeat that. You cannot cancel somebody who does not give a fuck about being canceled like you like. And that's the thing, even even with something that when people are afraid to share their true opinions, and this is why I say that it's important. And it was important for me to create this platform in which the purpose of it is to show that you don't have to agree to understand. And even by understanding somebody else's opinion, understanding why, how or in their thinking or in their mind, in their limited scope, if it is that why they have those opinions by understanding why they they have that opinion or they came to that conclusion, you can now learn how to talk from it, talk from a place of being more educational to to keep for more people having that short sightedness if that's how you feel that they have. So that's all I wanted to talk about is the importance. Like we got to stop with this cancel shit. Like we got to stop. Like nobody's fucking canceled now. Again, cases like fucking R. Kelly and maybe a little bit different. He's in fucking jail. That's the ultimate form of canceling. But you know, that's just my opinion on it. The Dave Chappelle stand up, I think, was amazing. I think it is a artist showing his art and doing his thing. And that doesn't mean that he's always going to share opinions that I even agree. With. I, some of my favorite comedians have stances that I am adamantly against. Again, that's just me. Um, but let me know how you guys feel about cancer culture. Do you think the cancer culture is effective? I, I'm just tired of the fucking term cancel.
canceling. I'm 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 fucking over it. Um, but that's it. I wanted to get that part of what's in my mind out because now we're gonna get into one of the best interviews I ever had on this podcast. Uh, we got Malcolm in the building. We're gonna go ahead and get into some intro music on the other side of that. We're gonna be jumping right into that interview. I'll see you guys there. I have a guest in the building, in the studio, who I've been dying to get a hold of on this podcast. It feels like for years, bro. bro it's been years yeah, in the making. It's crazy. Yeah, it's right? been years. We met, we met like two or three years ago. It's crazy, mm-hmm. bro. Um, but uh, I don't even, bro. You got so many titles. What don't you do, bro? The mayor of Columbus, that, man. That's crazy. Bro. <laughs> I don't even like that title no more, bro. Like people say it, and I know it's affectionate, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But I don't like it because th- there's a lot of responsibility when. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you represent like a, a people and whatnot, and and I don't know. Like I like to call myself just a boy who loves the city. You know, I'm so. born and raised here in Columbus and whatnot, yeah. and everything else just kind of like unfurled from that. And like when people be like, "Yo, you do a lot, you do a lot," it's because I feel like love is a verb. You know what I mean? I so, feel it. it absolutely <laughs> is, like, bro. This is just me in action and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm just a kid that loves Columbus. You know what I mean? That's what's up, man. Yeah. And, I, and one of the things like. First, I didn't even introduce you. It's Malcolm in the building, man. Appreciate uh, that. Like you, you, you do a lot, but I know, I know it's all from love. But one of the first things, like when I came to Columbus, was right before I became a creative. And then as I started podcasts and collabing, bro, your name kept coming up. That's crazy. And, and then, <laughs> I don't even remember how we finally first got in touch. Finally, but uh, like I'm when I first linked up with socially unacceptable, mm. and then Deuce, I did an episode with. Yeah, and then um cloth talk podcast as well and like your name kept coming up and i'm like i've never met this dude and then we finally had that first meeting at um what's it called the upper cup is that where it's called yeah yeah, yeah man yeah, yeah. Upper cup, we had our first cup. meeting there it was just like bro i felt it like like y- your love for the city and everything the whole and that's one thing that i that i love and i always and even though i'm a transplant that i talk about like people are asleep on columbus and columbus has that's one of the best creative cultures period bro yeah yeah it, yeah my i don't know my feelings have are you caught me let me just be clear on my john mayer shit bro like you found me at a real interesting time or whatever you know what i'm saying like uh-huh. we in the middle of a pandemic and yeah. like i also feel like it's a transitional period for the culture for sure. um i think one thing that hasn't really changed at all is that columbus is still um has a lot to offer for sure and i think that it's changing yeah. you know like it's changing and i think that it should change you yeah. feel me like i think that healthy environments are constantly growing and evolving and whatnot and so i can't say that um i want to be precise with it it's just different now columbus is different now even than it was like five years ago when i first took over flypaper you know yeah and i say y'all i'm gonna love columbus out loud (laughs) and i'm gonna be unapologetic about my city and i still am very much it's just it's a little different now the conversations are different you know for sure yeah for sure. But um, I'm honored, bro. I'm humbled. I'm glad to be here, honestly, bro. Like, and, yeah. and it's really weird for me, too, because, you know, I host several podcasts. Yep. I don't often find myself in the guest seat. Matter of fact, this might be, make sure I ain't lying, this might be my first podcast that I'm on somebody else's joint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited to do this, bro. For sure, man. And then the topic that we have to talk about. So, I've been dying to do this topic forever, and mm. I specifically have saved this to have this conversation with you, bro. Like when I'm talking, when I mean that this was the same topic that I wanted to talk to you about when I first asked, like hit you up like a year ago about being on the podcast. That's crazy. And um, it's because like, I feel 
like and even and I'm glad it ha- everything happens at the time where it's supposed to happen at right because yeah. when I first asked you the only thing that I really did as an entrepreneur was this podcast and like branching out since then I started my own photography and videography mm. company and like so the, I understand the grind a different way yeah but I feel like everybody nowadays like we put this importance on being an entrepreneur having your own and and it's great that so many that you can have your own avenue and work for yourself and su- and support your family. But I think a lot of people now have romanticized the idea of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about it from this point, like why entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing, man. The romance of entrepreneurship, of being a creative, yeah. of doing your own podcast, doing, like all these types of things. It sound good. It look good. And it look effortless if you're good at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you you've been doing this for a while now. Yep. You feel me? And I remember my first time coming over here and seeing the growth and development from then into now. It was impressive. Yeah, an impressive setup and everything back then. <coughs> but now it's that. like even crazy. I am like, yo, you feel me? And it's like I I know that this isn't even like your final point. But if somebody's yeah. just looking at it, it's like, well, how hard is it to sit in front of a mic and talk and share your opinion and and opine about stuff and have controversial oh i got a controversial view you know what i mean I, Man, Le- lebron james is over like all right bro <laughs> like there's so much more to all of this and whatnot and yeah. i think that it is real easy to look at these things and just think oh they can do it i can do it too and it's like bro you're only seeing i can't even say the final product because it's like you're not even seeing the final product you're seeing like a work in progress exactly. after like hours and hours and hours of work have already been put into it so yeah. yeah especially like with with podcasting like people i i hate it when people say like oh i could talk about anything i should start a mm-hmm. podcast it's like it's not that simple we're not even gonna get to talking about mic placement and Bruh. and actually recording and editing because mm-hmm. like people don't really realize everything that goes into that shit and i had no idea when i started either bro like yeah. i i look back at it now and i think about the irrational confidence i had to have to start a podcast and decide oh i'm gonna do all the editing and shit myself mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. crazy man and beyond that, like, oh, I could talk for hours. I, I talk to my niggas all day, every yeah. day. Like, yeah, this is easy. It's one thing to be in a room with some folk and, like, have a conversation organically unfold. Mm-hmm. It's an entirely different story having to host a conversation. Exactly. You know, to facilitate one, to have a guest on. And, you know, if they're super talkative, it's like, all right, letting them talk, but also making sure that they don't ramble on exactly. and, and lose the attention yeah. of the viewer. Or if they don't talk at all, it's like creating a comfortable environment for them to like be able to open up behind the mic. Like, that's a real skill. Or check this, like if somebody has like a, a wild ass view or opinion and whatnot, they're going left or going right or however way they're going. Like staring them back so that you are staying focused. Exactly. Like, bro, all of, that's a... It's, it's navigating a conversation, not just like sitting down and talking. Exactly. Like, it's exactly. trying to put together a product in real time that you can then release out to the public that people are going to want to listen to, to. Yeah. and want to engage with and want to respond to. And then when they're done, go and tell somebody else about it and then come back next week or however long it takes for your next episode to come out and want to listen to it all over again. Like, bro, it's, it's not easy. It looks easy. It's not easy. And I think that's really like a microcosm of entrepreneurship yes. in general like yes it looks easy part of that is marketing yeah, exactly <laughs> you know part yep. of that is because entrepreneurs make it look like it looks easy and 
I don't know. That's yeah. That's a whole other story. Or whatnot. And, and I, I think too, for me, one of the things that I realized is that when I got into photography and uh, in the videography joint, like the first time I ever did a wedding, mm. I remember people were saying like, uh, they were like, "Oh, that looks amazing!" Like, did you film that with your phone? No, nigga, it is, like, <laughs> no. But even then, like, I think like the ease of access to technology has made people think that the get. Let me not say gateway, but the price of entry is so much lower than what it really is to do some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like when I, when I did my first short film, people were like, Oh, that looks great. X, Y, Z. Uh, and I know people like have thought about doing short films too. And then like, you don't see the, the, the 12 hours that went into before I even started ro- thinking about rolling on the camera mm-hmm. to, to do a short film or like the, the hours that had to go in for me to even learn this shit. Cause it's like, I thought it was as simple as like buy a camera, you turn it on, you record some shit and it's not bro. But peep this. So, you know, Bernie, uh, we do orange soda together. Uh-huh. Um, and he doesn't use headphones when he DJs and stuff now. You feel me? Oh, when, wow. Yeah. When we first, a lot of people don't understand this or know this. I think we're far enough away from it. We could talk about it. Um, when we first started doing Orange Soda, mm-hmm. the reason why we were doing Orange Soda, he had just moved back to Columbus from Cali, and he had been here for a year, and he wasn't getting booked the way that he should for mm-hmm. him to have been DJing for ten plus years. Yeah, you feel yeah. me? It's like, bro, like I'm a veteran. Like I'm really, I I just came back from Cali. Where I was DJing for Chris Brown. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I have enough talent and experience to be able to do it. He wasn't getting booked. I say all that to say that. If you come to a party, you see him DJing. He don't use headphones. He like, he just does it from skill and expertise and whatnot. And you think, oh, that's something I can do. Yeah. It's like, no, bro. Like he's putting <laughs> over a decade. He's putting those ten thousand hours to have that that expertise. So like, even when you see people talking about, oh, I shot this on the phone or I shot this on, um, you know, using whatever. It's like, bro. Even if if you have a certain level of expertise then yeah you can put out a high quality product using exactly. like the simplest of tools and but i don't know i digress no i mean yeah. you're right because it's 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 you, the, it always goes back to the skill it's not the tools like these camera these phones everything like mm-hmm. the microphones every everything is a tool but if you learn the skill that goes behind it like for like i've learned audio editing so good that you can put me in front of a damn potato if it mm. records i'm gonna figure out how to get the best audio out of it it yeah. may take me a long ass time to do it mm-hmm. but like that that took nothing but sitting down and forcing myself to learn eq and all this shit and that shit is not easy man yeah. and you know another part of like i you do orange soda flypaper magazine like everything Formally, yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so like what is it what what was the moment in which being an entrepreneur and doing stuff out of your own that you realized you know what? I'm pretty good at this because I think we all suffer from a, a version of imposter syndrome or just self doubt as well. What, yeah. what was that moment for you? Uh, wow, you just asked three different questions. I know, I don't even right? Know if you realize, I but, know. all right, if you if you can allow me, I'll try to answer all of those. <laughs> ones, right? Um, starting with imposter syndrome. No, yeah, starting with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Just the other day, I tweeted about it. I was like, bro, part of an imposter syndrome that you don't really talk about often is um like being afraid to talk about your accomplishments mm-hmm. and like even to this day like i mean even on this podcast right now i don't like talking about all the shit that i do bro like yeah because in my mind it's like bro i have so much more to do like <laughs> like i haven't I done it. shit yet in the yeah. grand scheme of things to me yeah you from people kind of oh like oh, you do some oh you inspire me like oh this is the reason why i do this or like yo i wouldn't be doing this if you hadn't done that and, and like all this type of stuff and i'm like 
for real like like, like i just thought i don't know what i thought that was mm-hmm. um and, and i think that that's because of the idea of like damn like i haven't done enough or like you know i am pretending or like this is like an imposter or whatever like i haven't like i shouldn't be in in this realm and stuff right yeah. now um i talk i know it's gonna sound kind of contradictory what i just said <laughs> but i talk my shit a lot uh-huh. um about what i'm doing about what i've done my accomplishments because well one it's two two reasons three reasons one of it is a reminder to myself mm-hmm. like when i am having that imposter syndrome like like nigga you you really have a resume you know what i'm saying yeah. like if you didn't do anything else or whatever you could put your resume up against some of the people that you look up to for sure you know and like i i need to constantly remind myself about that second you know shout to hove he's like Yo, um, I don't mean to boast, but damn, if I don't brag, you know, they're going to yeah. act like they ain't yeah. on that. And and part of that is like, yo, just until it gets said out loud, then it's not real yeah. to other people, maybe. And so it's like, I have to remind niggas, like, yo, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care. You want to talk about my bandana and my hat and all that type <laughs> of shit or, or, you know, um, or whatever you want to say. Whatever. It's like, it's cool, but also know like this is who you're talking to and then the third part i mean it's just marketing like the For sure um brand building it and letting people know like yo this is the the type of space that i'm in and you know this is what i've done up until this point yeah so if i say i'm about to do this next like you can trust me it's a little bit of credibility building and stuff um but to answer your question the way that you asked it originally my first time that i realized i was good at being an entrepreneur that i could really do this shit uh was when i was eight years old um my dad was an entrepreneur and he sold pictures of and he was a street well among other things he was a street vendor um you know just like going out to fairs and events festivals and all that and just selling pictures matter of fact you know when you go to the Ohio state fair Mm-hmm. and you know they have like all the photo booths and all that type of stuff like my dad was a pioneer of that like, he was Damn. the first one to do that okay. shit. that's what's yeah. up he was one of the first like club photographers and stuff here in the city it's like okay. brother here's these people they're out here they're having you know these great ass nights or whatever and you know when you go home all you have is the memory it's like but what if i were able to give them something to help them to remember this is obviously before smartphones and all mm-hmm. that so he took um he, he bought like little printers and he would take pictures and he would print them out there. And it's like, here's a keepsake for you to like remember it. His That's company crazy. was called Memories. That's you know, crazy. It's like uh, on some Shakespeare shit. Yeah. Like God gave us memories so we could have roses in December. And um, like that was his business. And I'm a little ass kid or whatever. And I didn't appreciate it all the time when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I'm older, like I look back, I see what he was trying to do. And so it's like I could retroactively like appreciate it mm-hmm. kind of. Um, he was just trying to spend some time with me or whatever. Yeah. It's like. All right, I got to go work. I'm a hustler. I got to go make this money. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I got this kid with me, you know. Yeah. All right, let me show him how to work and stuff, too. Matter of fact, that's how my dad got my mom. Shit's crazy. Like, uh, he, my brother, he's nine years older than me. And he would always bring him into the library mm-hmm. every Saturday. My mom was a librarian at the time. And, uh, like, my mom, like, you didn't see a lot of black dads doing that type of shit back yeah. then. And so my mom was like, yo, who is this guy that's always, like, bringing his son to the library, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and um, my dad actually sent my brother over to talk to my mom one day. And uh, he was like, yo, can my dad get your number, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, he told my mom three things. He said, if there's 
three things I can teach my kid. So I'm going to teach them how to love God, how to love learning, and how to make money and shit. And, like, that was, like, core to him or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was, like, everything about him. So when I was of age, uh, we would be, you know, down Daytona Beach or down in Augusta or Myrtle Beach or here in Columbus or Cincinnati or Indianapolis, Detroit, like, all these different places or whatever. And he would sell pictures I wasn't good enough to take pictures. My shit, like, head would be cut off and all, <laughs> all Um, My brother was dope, but I wasn't good enough to take pictures. So instead, we would go and buy, like, these cases of water, cases of pop, and all that type of shit. And I'm just selling it to go. people. And, like, there's a picture of me just, like, counting, like, stacks or whatever, bro. Like, when wow. I'm, like, my daughter's age now, you feel me? That's crazy. Yeah, and, I mean, I hated it. <laughs> like, yeah. I hated it. Matter of fact, it's probably why I don't like making money. Well, excuse me. I'm really good at making money. It's probably <laughs> why I'm not driven by the love of money is because, like, I felt like, you know, that time that I wanted to just spend with my dad, play football or some shit, it was like, yeah. oh, we out hustling or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but even though I hated it, I know I was good at it. And I knew how to talk to strangers. I knew how yeah. to, like, give them something that made them want to give me their money. You feel me? I feel and, that. And yeah. that's really what it all boils down to, at least in the capitalistic society. So. Yeah. To answer your question yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and like i love that you that you said how you know you're good at making money but you don't do it for the love of money because yeah. that will make uh, people burn out like mm-hmm. i, I would have burnt out years ago if this was about like if it was all about the money it's the love of creating for me like it, even with doing my photography shit like there's nothing like when you hand a bride and a groom a packet of photos mm-hmm. and you see the look on their face like god damn yeah like yeah I'm, i mean don't get me wrong i'm not doing it for free right but right, at the right. same time like it that seeing that joy and being able to immortalize those moments for them gives me so much joy mm-hmm. and so like yeah i i and that's another thing like people will try to get into this because they think they're gonna make a whole bunch of money doing yeah. it and that's that's podcasting that's any form of entrepreneurship or whatever else and then like even if you get to the place of being very profitable with yeah. it you gotta put in like you said ten thousand hours you got to yeah. put in so many hours into it that I don't think people are really prepared for how much work it really takes before you start making money. Right. Or even beyond that, like, <laughs> like, I don't know if you're built to to be able to like there's a lot of outside factors that you don't even take into consideration when you're building something. Yeah. You know, think there's a lot of unknown unknowns and it requires like one, like a unfathomable amount of like belief in yourself mm-hmm. like it's almost like narcissistic matter of fact it's it borderline is. It it's is. like brother yeah. like i'm somebody that can go and do this thing that nobody else can do i can offer some shit out to the world that ain't nobody else offering and like i mean you just have to be a little psycho to be able to do that and then two it takes an incredible amount of humility it's a lot of like swallowing your tongue it's checking your ego because at the end of the day, if you are starting a business, it's not about you. It's not about what you feel. It's about what is the most healthy way that you can like build your shit. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember there's a lot, <laughs> bro. There's been a lot of like eating crow and stuff yep. that like I've had to do, or like uh, and people be like, "Yo, you know, nobody likes you," or like, "Nigga, they ain't fucking with you." I'm like, "Bro, it doesn't matter if they." Fuck <laughs> with me. Like, like, that's not what this is about. Or yeah. oh, you gonna let him talk to you like that? It's like, bro, that is not what this is about. This is not about how Malcolm White individually feels. You feel me? This is not about 
the building the brand of a keys this is about our mission and what we're trying to do here uh-huh. and whether or not we're moving the needle in that way that's and true. yeah like and that's the part that you don't really talk about like it's a lot of time a lot of energy but it's like what's your north star what's your why you know for real <laughs> like what you said about the money i mean if you look luck up and you hit, hit a lick and like you just have like a real profitable business and yeah and that's all it's about it's like all right yeah cool that can be your your mission your purpose and whatnot but for me um like none of this shit actually everything that i've done since 2014 15 has been like low-key accidental like mm. i didn't really ask for none of it i mean yeah. i kind of did but i didn't you know uh-huh. um yeah I, I just didn't it just i saw a need or i saw a way that i wanted to live my life and said well how can i make that happen and and then like shit just kind of fell into place like i knew for example um that i didn't want to go and work in corporate america excuse me i wanted to be a part of building something from the ground up and that was 2014 immediately after graduating from college every job that i've had like my entire life now has been me on the ground level part of building teams and stuff yeah and like i take pride in that because it's like all right well i was helpful helping to like make this shit like come to life and fruition if i was chasing money like bro that's not the way to do it you know like feel it. like how do you like start doing something there ain't no budget and stuff behind it so yeah i mean yeah. And, and it's it's amazing how many things you make happen when you're an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. the passions there that you had you you don't have the money to do like mm-hmm. and, and then you look back and you like fact that i pulled this off with five dollars in a dream i don't know how the hell i did bro that's facts man. <laughs> and, and you know that's another thing is that i think that people think that the only type of currency that's out there is money mm. and that's just not facts that's not at, at all. all matter of fact i think that money might be one of the least relevant forms of currency um i mean first of all it's made up like it's yeah. all imagination this like on one big inside joke that we're all like <laughs> just agreeing to to laugh at yeah, you, you feel me? For sure. Uh, because it doesn't mean it's a promissory note. Like yeah. when we exchange dollars, it's, and we're not even exchanging dollars anymore. We're exactly. exchanging like ones and those. Like I yeah. mean, if you want to get super nerdy with it, like when you send the cash out, that's that's just cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? It says, oh, now you have a certain amount or whatever. Like how is that any different than the amount of money you you might make in like? grand theft auto or some shit that is true <laughs> you and we're getting closer and closer to that right what isn't made up well i guess i mean it kind of is but what i think it may be more valuable mm-hmm. is experience like yep. knowing how to do something like know how like if you know, i i do have like a full-time job and stuff now um if i lost that job i wouldn't trip because like i know how to go and do a lot of things that are profitable that like I can then turn around and generate re- revenue mm-hmm. from to pay my bills, make sure my daughter's needs and stuff are taken care of. Um, if I want extra money, like I know how to apply my skills and my expertise to turn around and go and make money. Yeah. You know, like that's that hustler shit or whatever. But even more than experience is influence. Like that's the, probably the biggest form of currency. That, if you're being in real. my opinion, like yeah. influence is something that you can't buy, bro. Like. Yeah. I mean, you could buy presence, maybe you can buy reach, possibly um, saturation and everything. But being able to sway other people's like opinions, their minds, their hearts, their values, the way that they think, 
Like that is something that is low key invaluable. Mm-hmm. And like if these projects that, that you say like, oh, like maybe I only made like five dollars and stuff off of it, mm-hmm. but I made this indescribable amount of influence. It's like, yep. bro, that's a win. That's a huge win because then yeah. you can go and leverage that elsewhere. You know, for sure, so. for sure. Connections, like yeah, yeah connections. Like, that's, yeah, that, that's another one. That would, like, if you know the right people, you can get in some doors that you ain't got no business being in, and that's period. Man. You can get in doors that you can't buy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like bro, there's rooms I've been in that there's no price tag on that room. Bro. <laughs> yeah, like, you Con- can't pay for it. You know, conversations, and I, I know the mm-hmm. whole like dinner, dinner with Jay Z thing, but I, not taking that like the social media aspect of that, but like. Having a dinner with somebody and being able to to sway them and have that conversation sometimes, whether a, if a business deal evolves from it or not, that conversation is more valuable than any degree or anything else. Period that Absolutely. you can have. Yeah. So, um, and that and that and that's that's what is the difference between being an entrepreneur and just being somebody who is has a business and making some money because those aren't yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. They really aren't the same thing. Like you can be a business owner and not be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And I think, um, like, it, we live in this, like you said, we everything's romanticized now, and every because it's every, we everybody sees the result. Social media is a big ass con when you mm-hmm. think about it, because you most people don't post the work, they don't post the days where they were sitting in the office bagging up t shirts to sell, and they thought about quitting the shit because they weren't making any fucking money. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it just, I you know, I, I I love the the space that we're in. I love that we're all connected, and that if you use social media and whatever else, right, you can build so many connections with people you've never been in the same room with. But I think it it gives these people these this false idea of the work that it takes to be there. And I think we need to be more transparent about the work. And you know, it, you're because you're not thinking about it when you're putting in the the work to get to your to your your. I don't even want to say peak because I haven't hit my damn peak remotely yet. Right. Um. But like. I didn't think to say, hey, let me let me show let me post about me learning how to do this fucking photography or EQ shit because it, I'm too focused on the fucking work. You see, I'm a little different. You uh-huh. know, I'm a little different in that regard. I, uh, bro, you are the most open motherfucker. That I've, <laughs> and I mean and I don't mean that negatively at all. But I mean, like somebody can watch your social media and know and learn your whole thought process mm-hmm. of the way you work through it. And I got to applaud you for that openness because yeah. that's something that I don't have yet. Bro, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I, I might have said this publicly before, but I'm going to say it right now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and My dad, he died in 2017. Sorry to hear that. I'm 29 years old. Mm-hmm. You feel me? My dad had me when he was 35 and 39. So 10 years from now, like, yeah. like, like all these, that's four decades worth of yeah. life that he lived. And sometimes I find myself, especially after, like, um, posthumously, like, when I've forgiven him for all the, the different things that we had, I was like, bro, I, I wish that I knew what my dad was thinking when he was— because my dad made mm-hmm. millions over the course of his life. That's made millions, up. lost millions, spent millions. Like, he lived a complete fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, all that movie star shit, uh-huh. all that celebrity shit, all the— the women and the partying and the owning property and the traveling and the building businesses, the selling business, the losing businesses, the like just everything that you could possibly think or whatever. Like mm-hmm. he lived a good life. He used to say that all the time. Like I lived a good life or whatever. Like sometimes I just step back and look like, damn, like God is good. <laughs> and I wish that I knew more about what he was thinking when he was in his twenties. Yeah. Like, what what was he what was going through his mind like when 
he was parenting or when he was starting businesses or I mean, he had a new idea. Like, what got him excited? What made him sad? You mm. know, like, what what did he do when he had his imposter syndrome and all that yeah. type of stuff, right? Like, these are things that I really think about. Like, mm. I wish that I knew and I can't ask him because he's dead. You yeah, feel yeah. me? Um, and I look at my daughter. I had her when I was 20 years old. Mm. And I want her to, if she wants to, you know, it's not no pressure on her. But if she ever wants to go back and look and see well, what did my dad think when yeah. he was 24 years old or uh, like what was he thinking when you know i did this or like all that type of stuff so i just documented it and i couldn't find a better documenting source than twitter so that's the reason why like my tweets be like just my thoughts in real time and then also bro i think it's powerful i mean not powerful like i'm not doing it because i want people to look at me a certain type of way like mm-hmm. oh he's blah 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 but i do want them to look at me and and just know that well, that nigga's not pretending. <laughs> you yeah, see what I'm saying? I like, feel that. and I mean, yay, he said it one time. It's like, I just feel like I'm the only one that's not pretending out here. Mm. And it's like, if you can, it, let's say that you do like see me a certain type of way. And I'm not asking anybody to see me that way. But if you did see me a certain type of way and think, oh, he's one of those type of niggas. And you see inside my brain, it's like, oh, but he moves like this or he thinks like this. Yeah. Oh, uh, I move like that too. Or I think yeah. like that too. Or, oh, is that easy for him to go do that? Or whatever. And then, like, hopefully that type of, I don't want to say representation, but, like, you can identify with it. And sure. say, yo, if I can do it, then that means that you can do it. Because the only thing that really, like, got me to this space that I'm in right now is just because I chose to want to do it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I wish that more people were transparent about it, though. Yeah, man. I mean, more power, like I said, power to you, bro, because there's times where I just... I don't have it in me to tweet it, but I wish I, I, cause especially like to go back, even, I know you said like for your daughter to be able to go back and see your thoughts and that, and that's great. But like, even sometimes for me, I wish there was times where I did tweet, post, write something so I can go back and be like, damn, this was a moment where I was feeling down at and I got, and I got out of that. So now if I'm down again, I know I can still get back out. Like I I have Mm -hmm. that confidence in me, but it's nice to have that documentation of that, to be able to go back to that. And you know what Um, else, like on that same note, it, it also like shows your growth. Yeah. And everything too. Yeah. Like, bro, I tell people all the time, like, I mean, now, like, I'm certainly the first thing. Well, I don't want to say the first thing, but like, I've grown past this stage in my life. But I remember a time where I used to be like a, like a homophobe, like a super homophobe. You I, know what I mean? I say the same thing all the time, bro. And like, I, I saw a post um that I had from, I want to say like 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like throwing around the F word and, like, just like, oh, stop being gay, or, oh, that's so gay, or, like, shut up, or, like, all this type of stuff or whatever. And, like, it was me and my homeboy, we were just joking and yeah. all that type of stuff. But it was nasty. Like, I'm em- embarrassed, like, that that type of stuff was coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, it was nasty. Like, yeah. like, ugh, you know, like, that's me. Like, yeah. that's gross. But because I know who I am today, I know where I came from and whatnot, that also creates a, a sort of, like, empathy inside me. I can't forget, like, who i was and how i've grown and changed and that also makes me it forces me for real to be more patient with other people because it's like if i didn't like have people that cared enough to talk to me and to walk me through stuff and challenge my thinking and and to show me love even amidst all that type of stuff then who knows if i ever would have turned into this better person and if somebody could take that time to pour into me then why wouldn't i pour into them and sometimes I forget that, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. and it's easy to forget that it when it's out of sight, out of mind, and you're not thinking about it. 
So being able to like look at those old receipts and shit too, like that's real, real important. Um, on top of like just encouragement, like yo, I said I was gonna do this in five years, and now five years later, like I'm doing that and then some. It's yeah. like all right, that's in positive encouragement, but it's also it's like yo, here's some reminders and stuff too. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel you there, especially with the homophobic thing, because I, I now that is something that's out there on Twitter. And mm-hmm. I, I've thought about going back and deleting them. And I'm Me like, no, nah, it's it's because it's real. But yeah. that's my real life. Like, that's yeah. really who that's part of my story. Exactly. You know? And I'm not that person anymore. I'm at not all. like it. And, and so, yeah, good point there. Good point. Uh, the second topic that I wanted to talk to you about outside of entrepreneurship, you brought your daughter up a couple of times, man. Mm-hmm. And I know you do a lot with fathers and for fatherhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughters were just on my podcast a couple of episodes ago. Oh, my that's kids, dope. How was that? It was amazing, bro. I love I love one of the best episodes I ever had with my daughter. I mean, period on my podcast was with my older daughter about a year ago. Mm. And uh, it was about a month after she had started, maybe a couple of months after she had started going to therapy. And like we had this deep conversation about like her her mental health and like her depression and and mm. how I didn't help. I wasn't there for her at a time where she needed me. Like, because she, not that I wasn't, I was physically there, but like, she didn't feel she can talk to me about depression. And then yeah. that, she called me out on that, on that episode. So like me, me, me and my daughters always have great, and always with my kids, we have great conversations. And you know, my photography company is called legacy visions. And I did that because my kids are my legacy. Mm. Um, and everything that I do with my kids are important. You see the picture of me and my yeah. little man there. Uh, so I, my, my kids are represented in everything that I do. Um, we live in a time where I feel like as black men, we're more, our, our fatherhood is more put out there when it's negative, right? Nobody talks about the positive influence of the black father mm-hmm. um, and, and stuff like that. So I wanted to have a bit of that conversation with you. And I know you're doing a lot of work for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do, what do you think about the representation of black fatherhood in, in the, in the public media? You know, it's crazy. Um, have you ever seen like online, like uh, when something's going viral and somebody's like, yo, I see more talk about the reaction to something rather than the, the actual, original thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that, that's kind of what I feel like with, with Black Fatherhood mm-hmm. is that, and I, I know it didn't used to be this way, but especially now, that I see more people talking about the fact that Black Fatherhood isn't represented positively mm-hmm. than the actual lack of representation of black fatherhood. That's a great perspective to have. Yeah, it's yeah. it's wild. Like yeah. it's almost like we all have the talking point and like we're regurgitating it and whatnot. Because I mean in reality, and this is a good thing. Like I'm mm. saying this it's positive. Like I so I don't know if I should say this, bro. As much as I've been talking like shit or whatever. Say it man. But fuck it. Um like I, I lead the fatherhood initiative at my job. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I'll be a little bit vague. Like if you go and find out what I do, then hey, like cool. But I don't want to point you there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I run the fatherhood initiative, and like our our grand like purpose, or at least the way that I'm running the the program, is I want to create a community of active fathers here in Central Ohio, mm-hmm. and and in doing so, I'm doing a lot of like primary direct research about like dads and stuff here, learning about parenting and like best practices and, and i mean also just engaging with dads and like learning their experiences their their wants their needs and everything and i think that not only is there a plethora of active dads mm-hmm. i also think that there's a lot of representation too like 
believe it. I mean, bro, even in movies, in television shows, and in music, yeah. like I'm sure if I challenge you to, you could name five black TV dads off the top of your head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You uh, can name five black rap dads off yeah. the top of your head. Like I know that you could. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's because they're out there. And um, what I think is missing, though, what I do think is missing, this is part of what I'm trying to do, is that they're in a in a lot of ways we're existing in our own silos. Mm. You feel me? Like I, feel that. I might know you individually as a black dad. You may know me individually and like wholly as a black dad too. Like <laughs> your kid is like a part of your world, extremely yeah. visible. Like people know me, they know my daughter. You know what I'm saying? I call her my Khalifa, you know, next okay. succession okay. and whatnot. You feel yeah. me? Um, I think that's more powerful than Princess personally. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, you know. I don't want... Anyways, we don't got to go down that. <laughs> um, I, I think that you know dads and their kids, and you mm. know them as units and whatnot, but what you don't know is this collective of dads. Like, you don't uh-huh. hear about dad groups. You don't hear about dad clubs. You don't hear about dads night out, like uh, dadisms and, and all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And... I think that that's the type of thing that is sorely being missed. Um, and because you don't really have that community where, like, it's fathers that are connecting with each other, mm-hmm. I think that you're also losing that that fraternity, that that fellowship. Okay. Um, we're not sharing trade secrets. We're not talking through, like, our struggles, our, our wins, our successes, our breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what you just said about the uh i wasn't there for my daughter when she was going through like a depressive episode and whatnot you know you saying that if somebody listening may like just the idea that your kid can even be going through a depressive episode yeah you know like just that awareness of it is that could open up your eyes or whatever so now if i see you like you know doing something then it's like oh wait like maybe i should approach this differently um, for example, this one I, I was just thinking about yesterday, maybe the day before yesterday. My daughter, she was sick, and <laughs> sometimes she'd be dramatic about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, girl, just like, <laughs> you know, like, all right, come on, or whatever. And I had to really just question myself, like, Yo, am I doing the right thing with that? Yeah. Am I perpetuating a negative stereotype uh, where, or a negative cycle? Because we know the stories about how black women aren't believed when they go to like the hospital or when they talk to the doctor and say I'm in pain or yeah. you know, this and this is happening. It's like my daughter who I'm her safe space. You feel me? She come to me, she says something's wrong with her. And like, I'm challenging that or like thinking, Oh, like don't cry wolf and all that type of stuff. Like, am I planting those type of seeds? You feel me? Mm-hmm. And I had never thought about that. And like, I know I'm a lot more compassionate than most people are. Like, I'm a lot more caring and nurturing, and that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And if I had never thought about that, then, you know, maybe my cousin who also has kids, he's a little bit more hard than me. You know, maybe he's never thought about it. Yeah. And maybe he doesn't even know that he's not thinking about it. Yeah. You, and, and those type of exchanges were, were missing by not having those communities and whatnot. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. A lot of sense. I think as fathers, like, we, we don't have the same communities that women do. Like, they yeah. have they have that space that and their groups they can go into and be like look today was a bad mental health day for me as a mother i mm-hmm. I was about to kill my kids or whatever else yeah. like they have those spaces to have those conversations and men like you said we're we in our silos we we figure out everything on our own and then we don't share that information and 
somebody right next to us may be going through that exact same shit, but because we didn't exactly. talk about it, we could have helped them not go through those same mistakes that exactly. we went through. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I asked my daughter, bro, and this is if if anybody's listening to this, they got kids. Like, this is something I hope that if you're not doing already, that you start doing. Just asking them questions, mm-hmm. like little questions, like yo, how do you feel today, or um, what's on your mind, or whatever. I told her I was coming out here um, to do a podcast. I said, yeah, I might talk about fatherhood. She's like, I haven't seen that yet, Dad. I was like, no, girl, I'm not talking about the Kevin Hart movie. Like, <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm talking about being your dad. Like, yeah. um, is there anything that you want me to say? She started talking, and I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Let me record you and everything, because nobody's going to believe me if I say that. Yeah. Like, you said that. She was like, well, basically, you know, if you ever see your kid and, and you think that they're being dramatic or that they're just overreacting about something, like, understand that that might co- be coming from a place, and they don't all the way know how to communicate that to you and mm. you know maybe just take the time to try to understand them instead of just being like oh she tripping mm. i'll say all right word i'll make sure i tell the that's people ins- that. that's insightful as hell <laughs> you man. see what i'm saying it's my nine-year-old yeah. and it's like bro like she blows my mind all the time with the things that she knows and and things that she pays attention to and i mean i'll be learning from her and it's also nah that pivot's too crazy <laughs> <laughs> It's like a, I can't think of a better example inside my head. But like, if you're working with somebody, mm-hmm. like you're gonna ask them, say, like, is this are you? Is this a, a way that you want to be worked with? Like, is yeah. this a good work environment for you and all that type of stuff? Like, the, you're gonna get that feedback. Yeah, the way that I I I think I've worded it like this before. At least okay. I've thought if I haven't said it out loud is that if you pay attention, you have conversations with your kids, mm-hmm. they'll teach you how to parent exactly, them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just yeah. have to li- be open to listen, mm-hmm. listening to it and hear what they're actually telling you they need. And yeah. sometimes so we get so caught up as parents trying to tell them what they need that we don't mm-hmm. hear them try- telling us exactly. Now, of course, we, we may need to put some form of restraints on it. Or There's some things that they some, don't know yeah. that they don't know. Yeah. It's like, no, I need to teach you this. Exactly. But listening to them, bro, yeah. they will teach you how to, to teach them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's facts, bro. Yeah, it's just like any leader. You, like, you have to learn a way that is going to speak to the people that you're in charge of or that you're leading. And that's yeah. the same thing with parenthood. Like, parenthood isn't this thing where we... Nobody gives us the rule book to being a parent. Even if they did, right. that would be only for for their situation, right? Mm-hmm. Every kid is different. Every kid responds to different things uh, in completely ways that just mean something to them. Like, you can't get so caught up in thinking you know everything as a parent to not just shut the hell up sometimes mm-hmm. and listen to what they have to say. And it's, Like, I have two boys, two girls, and, like, my, my boys are, are – I've, I've done a lot to make sure that they know that they – can get in touch with their emotions and it be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because as great as a father as my dad was, he was very much one of those old school fathers. You don't feel, you don't talk, yeah. whatever else. And I and I make sure not to have that with my with my sons. But my daughters, when I tell you, some of the most philosophical conversations I've ever had have been with my thirteen year old daughter, Breath. And I don't understand like what love what she's tapped into spiritually because that's what it has to be, bro. Mm-hmm. I need to be tapped into it because she has a, a level of awareness. That people 30, 40 years old, I know, don't have. Absolutely, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, hang on, that that's wild. But <laughs> I mean, like, bro, like, think about how we talk about black women just mm-hmm. in general, like, about the power that they have, mm-hmm. you know? 
and say bread and you made one you feel me mm-hmm. like this is it's a black woman and shit yeah. and like why wouldn't she have that same like level of i don't know the right word for it i hope that you understand what I, no saying. i understand well I, I don't know the word for it. i know exactly what you mean though like yeah like she has there's yeah. a the, like an essence that's yeah energy, that's, yeah that's just like that's inherent to black women yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like for real i, I don't know I'm not trying to be superstitious with it, but I'm just saying. No, like, I mean you, yeah. you're right. Like, like uh, the power of the black woman. Let, let's just, it's crazy. Let's just be this and and I hate it. Men think you quote unquote trying to cap when you talk positively about black women, but mm-hmm. fuck it. Black women are fucking amazing, bro. Right. I wouldn't be anything if it was like every single accomplishment, every single success story that I mm-hmm. have. There's a black woman in my picture, like not a literal picture, but like in my life that is like supporting me is not feeding me food but like mm-hmm. like feeding me spiritually or you know giving me support and, and encouragement or inspiration or insight or giving me feedback and mm-hmm. you know every single project brother like there's not a single one like i, I won't do a project if there's not a black woman on staff that's facts <laughs> that's what's up yeah Man. so that's what's up bro. yeah that's my daughter up. that's you know it, she's the one that really like drives me to do like everything for real like yeah, yeah. And, and look, yeah. so uh, let me share my daughter so i tell the story anytime like her birth comes up so i was laying on my ex's stomach her mother's stomach uh just watching tv and mm-hmm. when i tell you like it was something i don't know i still to this day don't know what made me say this but i looked i sat up and looked at her and i said you're pregnant so like, what do you mean i said you're pregnant it didn't take like she was she had to be so early on at that point because she still didn't take a pregnancy test for like another four weeks after that. Mm. And that was still early. And she took it and she mm. was pregnant. But there was something in 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 her that I I was drawn to that spiritually that I yeah. felt. And we still have that connection to this day. Mm-hmm. And like that's always like my my daughter is my center. Is she your oldest? Yeah. Well, no, my son's my oldest. Okay. So yeah, my my oldest son is he's 15, she's 13. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. So it's just it's it's just something special about our connection. Like I always say, like we share a spirit, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's it's wild because there's times where I I I don't even know how I'm feeling. She'll call me or look at me, but like, you're all right. I'm like, I think so. She's like, Bruh. <laughs> listen, <laughs> it's man, crazy man. When she was three, mm-hmm. I think she was three. She might have been four. She was that young though. Mm-hmm. I remember I was so livid with her mom. Like I was I was probably the angriest i've ever been because mm. like i just felt like i'm trying to think about what's appropriate <laughs> i'm transparent with my uh-huh. stories and everything yeah, like that really- but as i get older i'm trying to be a lot more um you know respectful about other people's stories yeah and whatnot. i feel that um i'll just say this is when we weren't in the play we're, we're great co-parents now mm-hmm. you feel me um i had a an enemy in the city or whatever that was trying to like he was upset with me or whatever and so one of the ways they was trying to get back at me was by like getting close with my ex and she had no idea about these political games and everything that was being played and whatnot and long story short they showed up together at a at one of my family functions and shit oh wow yeah i was like the like i was i was livid or whatever <laughs> not even because like yo go date whoever you want to i don't mm-hmm. i don't care about that or whatever but the fact that like she was the conduit for like him like she she was being weaponized by him yeah like 
yeah. you know, to try to hurt me or whatever. And like the whole situation was crazy. I can't go into details right here. <laughs> it's just the situation was crazy. But uh-huh. I was really mad. Um, yeah. and like later on that week, like I was taking Avery over to back to her house or whatever. And like I mean, we were just listening to music or whatever. She was like, Dad, I was like, What's good? And like I try, you know, never to like me and her mom's like thing or whatever that's completely separate from her like yeah. no matter what she needs to know that her parents are a team that like care about her mm-hmm. as you know so like that that's always there so she didn't know i was mad at her mom <laughs> or nothing like that. but uh she was just like yo dad and i was like what's good and she was like um you know how you always tell me i was like huh she's like yeah you know how you always tell me that you don't let other people like change who you are you just always supposed to be who you are and i'm like yeah it's just like well you just remember that always i'm like huh wow and she was like yeah you know like don't never let somebody else change your makeup and who you and i i swear That's i'm not crazy i'm not like embellishing like these are like her real words at like three or four years old That's crazy it, it was just wild bro yeah. to to get that message right then and like afterwards, I dropped her off. I was like, "All right, go upstairs real quick." Me and her mom, we talked for like an hour and a half or whatever, just like you know, to piece things up. Mm. I was like, "I'm not trying to be for you. You're not trying to be for me or whatever." But that would never happen if it wasn't for my little three or four year old intercy. That's crazy. Without bro. even knowing that there was like a problem, it was wild. That's bro. wild, man. It's really, really wild. That's so, crazy. Yeah. That's that's a story, bro. bro. Listen, that's powerful. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really, really wild. I'm just mad appreciative of her. But what you're saying about, like, you and your daughter having a bond, like, sometimes I like to think that, yeah. like, me and Avery, like, we see each other. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. like if I told her to do something, like, she, she'll listen to me. Like, she might give issues to other people and stuff for, like, challenge, ask why, all that type of stuff. But generally, like, me and her got to understand it. Sometimes she'd be bucking up <laughs> against yes. me or whatever. Yes. And so I told her, I was like, all right, girl, how about you just sit down right here? And then she, so she, like, sits on the edge of the bed. But then she like starts to like lean off of it, like just like pushing the envelope and stuff. That's funny. And I had to look at her. I'm like, girl, like understand. <laughs> you gotta love it, man. There's something special about girls, bro. Bro, I was like, yo, we don't have to go to war. You feel me? Yeah. Like, we're the same person. We don't have to go to war. Yeah. Like, like I everything you're trying to do, I've already done before. <laughs> like. I, I know what you're thinking and what you're trying. And then she I tried to look hard. And then I tried to look hard. And then she smiled and I smiled. And then she yeah. gave me a hug. She's like, all right, dad. And then we was cool. It was, it's just crazy, bro. Girls yeah. are. Yeah, girls are. It's, yeah. it's being a girl dad is wild, man. Yeah. It's wild. But it, I love every I love every minute of being a father in general, man. I mm-hmm. wouldn't change nothing in the world. Were you scared when you found out you were having a girl? Yeah, yeah. I was I was so I was extremely hot headed as a kid. And mm-hmm. you know, when my son I was nineteen when my son was born mm-hmm. and it slowed me down a little bit, but not mm-hmm. not much. It slowed me down a little bit. But when my girl when my daughter was born, that's when I had to be like, Okay, mm-hmm. let me let me check some things. Mm-hmm. Um because I remember my um because I have six sisters. Okay. I'm the only boy. Mm-hmm. My dad I was talking to my dad one day and my dad told me he was like after after we knew she was having a girl and everything, he was like, You're gonna have to you have to get your shit finally together. So I'm like, what do you mean by that? He was like, you know, he's like, it's cliche, but it's real. Girls learn their first love by from their father. Yeah. He's like, and if you're acting crazy as fuck like you have been, that's what she's going to eventually be attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like it, it made me reevaluate my, myself, my actions. And also 
I, I will I not I know you know women don't really like it when men say this, but I just got to be real with it. Like having a daughter made me realize like the importance of black women. Like, because mm-hmm. like you, we, I took my mom for granted. Like not not that I ever disrespect my like I love my mom to death, but yeah. like that's my mom. You feel mm-hmm. me? So like having a daughter and being responsible for the growth and development of a black woman is completely different. Bro, I'm so glad that you said that. Like that you prefaced it the way you did mm-hmm. because. Men get a lot of backlash when we say that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bruh, at this point, and maybe just because I've grown to age, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> but it's like, bruh, this is our, our real human experience. Yeah. You feel me? Same way. I was raised by my mom. I have a little sister who was my heart. That's the first girl that I ever raised. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? She's five years younger than me. But, like, you know, I helped to raise her and stuff, too. My grandma, that's like, you know, that's my heart as well. Like, yeah. the three most important people in my life are all women, women. and stuff. Yeah. Like, m- my best friends have always been women. Like, like I've always cared about and loved and appreciated women. It wasn't until I had a daughter, though. I mean, and granted, I had her young, so I was 20. So I was still learning and growing and finding mm-hmm. myself and all that. But things changed when I had a girl, bro. Like, it, they just did. And I yeah. don't know. Maybe things would have changed if I had a boy. Now, it's, maybe it's just part of growing up and being a parent, but what I do know for certain, no hypothetical, is that my look on the world changed when I had a daughter. I thought that I was a good guy already. Mm. You feel me? I thought that I was respectful and that I was caring and that, like, I, I thought that was the way that you were supposed to treat women. Yeah. And then after I had my girl, after me and her mom split up and, and after some other exes and stuff too, like I, that same thing you said, I had to take honest look. It's like, bro, the way that you're out moving and talking, well, not talking, but like just acting, yeah, like the consideration, like how would you feel if somebody did treat your daughter that way? And I don't know that that might make somebody mad, but that's a real question that I ask myself. Yeah, you have to, you have to ask yourself. That. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I mean, sure. Well, one thing we live in a patriarchal society, anyways, yeah. where men are put on a different like uh, pedestal than women are, and, and to some degree, I think that I'm trying to be careful with my words and stuff here. <laughs> <I> feel <laughs> you feel me? I think that uh, it's not that it's right, but it's like you can understand how like certain thoughts are formed based yeah. off of the lessons that you're taught and the way that you know the lens that you look at the world and all that if you having a daughter is the catalyst for i mean hopefully you can have that revelation before you have a daughter Mm -hmm. like as early as possible hopefully you're not taught that at all like i think we should be teaching our kids from like you know when they're first born that no like when we're getting rid of all that that toxic masculinity we're getting rid of that patriarchy we're getting rid of all that shit shit. but if you're not bro like you know you have to come to jesus at some point yeah and for some a lot of men they come to Jesus is when they have daughters and whatnot, and I don't I don't know if people should be penalized for it. Yeah, I mean, like held accountable maybe, but yeah, but we all everybody grows at a different rate, and it's always what a catalyst. Saying. Whatever it is, there's going to be a catalyst. There's like, always a catalyst, and and I we I know people say like in a perfect world you should already, but we the fact of the matter is this world is far from perfect. Exactly, our thinking is far from perfect. Like and we're not being real, we're not having real conversations if we're saying. True. Oh well, you should have. Oh, where? All right, maybe I should have already, but I didn't. Yeah. So but I'm here we, now. So where are we at? Yeah. Like, what are we talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. And what are you chastising at this point? 
I'm here. Because like, I'm, here I'm telling you that you were right. Yeah. And not only am I telling you that you were right, I'm also now next to your side as an ally and an advocate or whatever to go and help to teach other people and stuff too. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. All good points there. All good points there. Um, for uh, any, does that make me sound like a hotel, bro? No, not no, at all. Not at sure. all. You know, pe- yeah. people who are simple-minded may try to say that, but no, bro. Like, yeah. It's not a whole tip at all. Like it's it's just the reality of it, man. It's the reality of it. It really bothered me. Um, like the, the reaction that like Kanye got when he made violent crimes or mm. Hove got when he made four forty four and everything. Mm. Like, look at this grown ass man just learning how to love and all that type of shit. It's like, bruh, where's the empathy at? Yeah. Like, bruh, this is a grown ass man that's only just now learning how to like love. You yeah, know, exactly. like that's a real thing or whatever. <laughs> I digress. I mean, and and everybody tries to make everything sound like it's so simple. It's not like mm-hmm. it's learning how to love is not fuck. Learning how to love yourself is, is hard as shit. Talk about it. Much less trying to figure out how to not only internalize that love, but then give that out to somebody else. Especially when you don't have an example. Yeah, yeah. Nobody taught you how to do it, bro. Like, yeah. yeah, we're the first generation that really understands the like you said the patriarchy, the toxic masculinity, the, the mental health aspect of things. Like you try to talk. Like my my dad's sixty now. You should if you would have tried to talk to him about mental health when he was my age, he would have looked at you like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man?" Right? Are you talking that crazy? Shit? Exactly. Are uh, you talking about the crazy pills? All right, bro. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. In a per- like I said, perfect world, we all would have known the shit long ago, but we don't live in a fucking perfect world. And the world that we want to live in, you know, like yeah. let's let's create a better tomorrow together. Yeah. You know, like maybe I just learned it yesterday. But that doesn't mean that we have to wait until another 20 years for the next generation for them to learn it. True. Like, yo, we could teach them that shit like today. Yeah. If I'm, like maybe take your ire off of the fact that it took so long for me. And it said, let's say, well, now we're stronger together and let's go together and do it. Yeah. That's a fact, bro. That's yeah. a fact. Wow. Man, we, we hit some shit this episode, bro. Yeah, man. I appreciate you, man. Um, Go ahead and give them any parting words, anything. Give them your social media, all that good shit. You know, we um we talked about entrepreneurship and stuff earlier, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm so bad. Like I hate <laughs> selling myself. <laughs> I really, really do. Um, but I didn't talk about like the the business and stuff that I I started. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I should have said it earlier. Yeah. But like how you were talking about, it takes so long to like really do something. Like you know, etc. I mean, it's still <laughs> high key in development and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. You feel me? But um. You know, we're we're entering that final phase. Like we're in quarter four. Um, and I do want to make sure that everybody on your show like knows about it. Um, because we're trying to build infrastructure to help people to discover community and navigate local culture. Mm-hmm. Because like what we first said when we first started, it's like there's so many beautiful things that are happening here in Columbus, and it's almost like if you don't know the right people, and you don't know where to look for it then you'll miss it and there's nothing you could do about it except for have FOMO and be like sorry I damn I wish I hadn't known about that so that I could have participated or so I could have listened to it or so that I could have bought that or so on and so forth so um I want to make it easy for people to be able to you know participate in the creative community and stuff here Definitely. so Definitely. Uh, etcbyus.com and go there um, find out more information uh, your podcast is up on there you know, the, the <laughs> podcast that. directory, uh, playlist circulator. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of shit that's there. But other than that, oh, we're on social media too. 
on Instagram, etc.by.us. Okay. And then on Twitter, it's the ETC by us. Um, and then as far as me, I'm just at Keith everywhere. I'm not really anybody important. Like, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, just know that I tweet for myself and my daughter is not for you guys. But you guys can, you know, enjoy the ride if you want to. That's what's up. So. That's what's up. Man, thank you so much again, bro. It's nah, been a long time me, coming, man. We're going to have to do it again. Yeah, we yeah, got to. This was fun, man. I feel this like there's fun. a lot of shit that we didn't even get a chance to touch on. We, we, that, so. This is definitely a, a tip of the iceberg episode. Yeah. Because even though it, we, we got pretty deep, Especially for like people who aren't used to these type of conversations, mm. but there's so much more under the surface that we can still get into. Yeah, we need to talk about. Like, I want to come on here and talk about some Columbus shit. Like, oh, for sure. Like, especially you've been here for a while now. I'm yeah. building here, and what it takes to build here in the city. It, like I said, everybody's not built for it, bro. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, that's so true. I, and I like and talk about the thing I love you. about it too is that the people who are like from here, from here, like born and raised mm-hmm. are so protective over certain things in the city and mm-hmm. as somebody who like comes in and has such i talk about columbus like people think i was born because i love this yeah, city, bro. Yeah. i love this city but i love how protective people are over it too yeah man. it's a proven city yeah like, that's what i call it it's like bro you can't just come here and say you're doing some shit yeah. like, you got to come here and like prove earn our support earn our trust earn like our attention for real yeah. Um, because we're not just giving it to everybody because like you said we're very protective about our shit so definitely yeah definitely and that goes understated bro people said there's nobody <laughs> that got pride here it's like nah that's oh, not they true crazy man that's not true they crazy cause... like i think because this university city that so many people think like they people who've been here for a while they confuse like people who actually have lived here mm-hmm. and i did too coming in like there were people that i first met and they're like yeah i've been i graduated college and lived here and i'm like oh so this is what the Columbus Columbus is like, and then when yeah. I finally started fucking with like people who are really, really yeah. born and raised Columbus, it's a different type of vibe. It's a whole different type of vibe, yeah. bro. Oh, I forgot to say this too. Uh, I have another podcast, Columbus Can't Wait. Um, we're starting recording season three okay. right now. We're talking about black spaces on season three. Um, it's all about increasing the political literacy here in the city, um, especially with regards to like local and state politics, helping people understand what's going on. Because like if we don't know what's going on then that's true like it's just gonna we're gonna get fucked so that's um, true we're trying to break down those walls so yeah go check out that columbus can't wait it's on all podcasts streaming services uh, and go to etc and look for it there too so that definitely i have the links for everything in the description of this podcast this has been another episode of the awakening so i love you guys so much for supporting me as much as you guys supporting the, the brand as much as you guys have over the years i've been doing this but This has been another episode of The Awakened Soul. We out this motherfucker. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Love podcast.